This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Uh, this is, I guess, what you would call an emergency pod, um, although <laughs> uh, I don't know how much of an emergency this really was, um, because if ever if ever there was a firing that was, um, let's see, when did that press conference occur? Um Three weeks and was it about three weeks ago or was it three weeks and change? Whatever the hell it was. Um, in the making, it was this one. Um, you know, before we get to my thoughts on Fizz, um, quick reminder from our friends at Vivid Seats because if David Fizdale is getting paid um, 10 figures for sitting on his ass for the next year and change, you better believe I'm going to make a few bucks from this podcast. Um, hey, yeah, Vivid Seats, our friends. Uh, the holiday season is here. Um, hey, listen, Knicks tickets, I guarantee you if you go on Vivid Seats right now, right this second, you will be able to get some tickets to Madison Square Garden and the New York Knicks at a nice, tidy price. Will it be Mike Miller coaching the team? Will it be... Um, Natasha Sen Fisdale coaching the team. I don't know. You know, crazier shit has happened. Maybe I'll be coaching the team. I mean, really, um, I can hold a clipboard. I can, I can bounce a basketball. Um, I can do lots of things. I can sing. I can dance. Um, anyway, you could get all of those tickets, all of your ticket needs on Vivid Seats. Which, if you go to the App Store or Google Play and uh, download the Vivid Seats app, you'll automatically be reward, uh, enrolled in their rewards program. And every purchase is backed by 100% buyer guarantee. Uh, most importantly, use the promo code OVERTIME at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. One more time, that is the promo code OVERTIME. O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E. Um, I just got home. Um, this news dropped, uh, while I was, while I was on the Long Island Railroad, um, en route from, um, my, uh, day job to my home, which has become the location of, of, of this thing that I do, uh, talking about this team and, um, 
you know, trying to be optimistic about this team. And uh, I have to say that the past 48 hours has been... Um, it has been about as difficult to be optimistic about the team over the last 48 hours as it has been at any time in the last, mm, I don't know, probably at any time this decade, which is crazy, which is crazy when, um, I hear myself say it out loud because for so many seasons and so many years, um, and so many just long periods of time, um, the Knicks have been in jail in a, in a, in a state of self-imprisonment where they have been without draft picks, when they have been without, um, talented young players, when they have been without salary cap flexibility, when that, when they have been seemingly, you know, miles and miles and miles away from any signs of, of hope whatsoever. And, you know, it's um, December 5th or 6th of 2019, and the New York Knicks are sitting with, um, I would argue, their best young core since, or the best their best crop of young players uh, since the 80s. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm not, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm putting too much lipstick on a pig to say that. I mean, Mitchell Robinson was was second team all rookie last year, and he was you know the sixth best rookie in his class. Um, he has otherworldly talents that can't be denied. Frank Nilakina, <laughs> hey man, Frank Nilakina made three threes the other night. We've been saying for two and a half years if this kid could ever make shots. Well, he's coming off a game in which he made shots, um, and he's you know obviously he is what he is on defense. Kevin Knox showed a spark. Um, against that that desultory effort against the Nuggets, um, I, I refuse to believe that he is a bust. His his shot is just too pure, and he's too athletic to already be called a bust on defense. And then there's R.J. Barrett, who has struggled a lot um, as the team has struggled over the last ten games. But he's a real talent, and he is um, imperfect, and he is not the typical top three pick. Comes in and puts the organization on its back. Um, and changes everything on his own type of player, but he's he's a real guy. He is a he is a player in every sense, um, and he will get better. Um, he's 19 for Christ's sake, and all of these guys are here, and they are, um, you know, the Knicks. Um, they're going to get another really good pick in this draft, um, whether it's the fifth. Or, or the first or the second or the fourth or the fifth or the sixth or the seventh. And um, I, I can't imagine it's going to be wor- much worse than that. Um, they're going to, you know, probably draft a primary um, ball handler, which is desperately what this team needs. Um, they have all the cap flexibility in the world. Um, this is a situation that theoretically should be as appealing, not as any in the league, because obviously guys guys want to win and they're still, you know, so far away on paper from winning, even with the young talent and the draft picks and the and the salary cap and all that stuff. Um, but theoretically, this should be a place that a good coach 
wants to come to. And and hell, we saw that two years ago because David Fisdale was considered, even after being fired from Memphis, one of the best coaching candidates out there. And, and his hire was, I would say, almost universally praised. Um, same thing with Scott Perry. You know, Scott Perry, his, his tenure in uh, Sacramento, um, not to mention, you know, the moves that he may or may not have been responsible for in Orlando um, definitely came with question marks, but he was a guy who had a reputation of someone who was a professional and would come in and would be professional and bring a certain modicum of um, professionalism to this organization, which so desperately needed that. And, and by and large that, that actually has, come to fruition. And if you needed any reminder of that, all you have to go back and do is look at the press conference from, um, that I mentioned from whatever it was three weeks ago and, and look at him squirming next to Steve Mills as he addressed the media following Dolan's, um, marching orders, you know, which is, which is what gets me to my point. Um, you know, David Fisler got fired today. And if you're, I'm, don't get me wrong, I'm not going to sit here and, and defend the job that Fizz has done because he, he is, he has not been a good coach. Um, he is a guy that was, was pretty clearly brought in to attract stars. Um, he's a guy that is the type of coach that, um, I think stars want to play for because he's the guy that I think let stars be stars. And I've said that for a year and a half, um, ever since he was hired, that he would be a drawing card um, for the guys that we didn't end up getting this past summer. And that's why he was hired. I mean, make, make no, make no bones about, about why, why this was what happened. Um, He is not any kind of a master tactician, um, he's a guy that was was brought in to, to to be a very specific thing, and that thing didn't happen. Um, they couldn't very well fire him after last season, um, so they went into this season, and they they meaning Scott Perry and Steve Mills looked around and said, "Well, all right, um, he's a guy that could coach stars, so no real stars wanted to come here. Let's let's get." the best facsimile of stars that we could get in here. And they brought in Julius Randle, <laughs> which I can't even say his name with a straight face um, because uh, Julius Randle isn't a star. He's nothing close to a star. He's a six man on a really good team. Um, but he had numbers. He came with numbers and he came with pizzazz and flash and all those, all those sorts of things. And it didn't hurt that he was rep by CAA. Um, which this organization loves, um, you know, and the results have been what they are. Um, and Fizz was never going to be, I think it's, it's apparent now that Fizz was never going to be the guy who, who was going to be able to put this roster on the floor and make it make sense. Um, is there a coach out there who could do this? Well, we're going to find out pretty soon, whether it's Mike Miller or, um, you know, or Pat Sullivan or, or whoever winds up getting the chance. And, and I, I, I don't mean for this podcast to come off as completely negative, but in case you can't 
get the gist of what I'm going after so far, um, I don't think this is going to make a whole, a whole big, um, big difference in what we see from the Knicks. Um, could it get better? Sure. It could get better. Um, there might be some, <laughs> there might be an offensive system <laughs> that is run more consistently because in fairness, Fizz did run a system. Um, and, and we saw that system at times. It just was run really poorly because it's tough to run a system when guys don't set screens. Um, and when, you know, you're maybe one shooter short, um, and, when it just evolves into isolation play, you know, a little bit too often. And maybe all those things will improve to a certain extent, but this roster is still a roster that is built around guys like Morris and Randall. Um, and Randall's not going anywhere. Um, I, I hate to break it to you, but Randall's not going anywhere because he is the prize of the offseason. And the moment that Randall gets dealt for, you know, essentially what would be, I mean, he's not going to get any any real return, because no one's going to give up any real return. So if he gets dealt for, you know, salary filler and a second round pick, which is all he's going to get, um, guess who Guess who gets the axe then? Guess who gets the spotlight put on them then? It's, it's Scott Perry and David Fisdale. Or sorry, Scott Perry and Steve Mills. Um, and, and they don't want that. But, you know, and so then the conversation turns to, well, obviously they are the ones to blame. They are the ones who put together this roster. And they are the ones who put together this roster, and they do deserve some blame because they did not do what we all hoped they did when these signings came out. And they did not properly vet whether or not these pieces could come and coalesce under a a head coach like David Fisdale. Obviously, he was not the man for the job. Obviously, these were not the particular pieces that should be surrounding a young roster. Or maybe some of them were, but you know, I, I hate to keep piling on him, but Julius Randle certainly was not a guy that should have been the centerpiece of this. But again, he was the flashiest asset that they could get. And that's why David Fisdale doesn't have a job today. Um, because... <laughs> The idea, the idea of building around the version of Julius Randle that we have seen is absurd. It's absurd on its face. And if you think that we're going to magically get a different version of Julius Randle under the next head coach, I'm sorry, but I, I just, I, 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 it's not going to happen. We're not going to all of a sudden get, you know, some kind of whirling dervish offense where there's cutting and and constant movement from guys who just for the life of them don't want to move. We're not going to get solid screens all of a sudden. And we're not going to get, um, you know, the types of things that happen to actually have to win basketball games. Uh, we're not going to get an abandonment of long twos and dribbles across the lane that result in just, I don't know, what, what would you call it? Shot puts at the rim? Like, we're not going to get a 180 under whoever takes over this team because, again, to do something like that would require someone to come in and completely change the tenor of that locker room and basically say, all right, all the bullshit, all of deferring 
and giving in to the to the big personalities that were brought in this summer, um, that's not going to happen anymore. Um, Randall, you're going to the bench. Um, you know, we're, we're going to, you know, Kevin Knox, you're going to get more time or we're going to have you flying around all over the place um, as opposed to just being stationary at the, the free throw line extended and just waiting for your turn to get the ball once every four or five possessions. Like, none of this is going to happen. It's not going to happen. And the reason it's not going to happen because this is the team that was assembled by the people who were still there. And I supported Steve Mills and, and Scott Perry in what they did in assembling this team because I assumed that they did their homework in figuring out, hey, we are going to make this coalesce in the way that makes it better than the sum of its parts. And it's quite clear that that homework was not done, but those guys are still here and those personalities are still in this locker room and those personalities will still dominate. Um, and that's why, again, you know, will it get better? Sure. I'm sure it'll get better. Will it, maybe will it, will it get a lot better? I, it, possibly. I just, I don't see it happening with the guys that are here. Um, and, and you know what? Maybe that's for the best. Maybe because, hey, guess what? If it does start to work all of a sudden, the men who assembled this roster stick around. Um, and I, I just, you know, I hate to say it, but, you know, what's, you know, what's the definition of insanity? Um, and I know people hate this when I bring it back to Dolan, but... You know, that's why it's like, I don't even want to sit here and pile on Steve Mills or, or, or Scott Perry. And the reason I don't want to pile on them is because what has Steve Mills really done? Steve Mills has kept his job, which, you know, if you're a person out there that is like, to hell with that, if I had James Dolan breathing down my neck, I wouldn't care. I would do what I thought was right. And I would stand up and I would say, I'm sorry, James, the best free agents looked at us and they said, um, we're not coming because we think your organization has not progressed nearly far enough in enough time for me to entrust my career with you. Um, and by the way, I'm afraid your owner is going to do some crazy shit. No, uh, they didn't stand up to him and say that. They said, it's okay. We'll bring in, we, we, got, we got good guys. We got good guys. We got solid guys. Julius Randle, 21 points, 8 rebounds. That's good. That's good. That's good stuff. It's great. That's what they said. And again, who the hell could blame them? Alfred Payton, five straight triple doubles. Great. Awesome. Wonderful. Marcus Morris comes from a winning Boston organization. And I, I don't mean to pile on Marcus Morris because he's been largely good, but he's also emblematic of what's been wrong with this team. Um... <sighs> That's what happened. And and the reason to just put a put a cap on this and to finish up, because I don't even want to hear myself talk anymore. I can't imagine you want to anymore. The reason I'm so despondent right now is is today and yesterday and really the last the last three weeks is just a reminder that all of the stuff, all of the wrong, all of the bad that happens with this organization goes back to Dolan. And it goes back to the fact that I don't know, like I would love to sit here and talk to you about the, the plan 
the alternative plan that maybe you know Mills and Perry had once they knew they were going to lose out on Kevin Durant or hell the moment that KD went down with that injury and, and maybe they they had the bright idea to bring in to do something like the Bulls did in their offseason and bring in guys like Thomas Sadoransky and and um, Thad Young you know solid vets who make the right play all the time don't dominate the ball like the perfect types of guys that you want to be around young players on a growing roster that has that has its future not this year but two or three or four years down the line they brought in the guys that they did and we all assumed oh well i you know it, these guys must fit the bill they must have done their due diligence and and figured you know these would be these would be appropriate vent mentors. No, no, that's not that's not what happened. Um, at least not in the case of Julius Randle, it isn't because I, I have eyes and I watch him play both ends of the court. And again, everything starts at the top and falls from there. Um, it's frustrating. It's really frustrating because it, it makes you wonder not whether anything could get better because we've seen it get better. We've seen it get better under Dolan. We saw 2012-13. They won 54 games and were a Roy Hibbert block away from going to the Eastern Conference Finals. And who knows, maybe give Miami a run for their money. Um, So it can happen here, but it can only happen if an executive comes in and is headstrong enough to say, this is the way we're going to do it. And not just this is the way we're going to do it for one year. And then if it doesn't work out after a year, we're going to fall back on, oh, shit, we have to do something to keep our fucking jobs. No, it can't be that. It has to be an executive to come in here and say, you're giving me a five-year contract and you're not going to listen to anybody whispering in your ear about whether or not things are good or bad or whether you should shake things up or whether – no. Because I (laughs) – the, the, you want to know the, the the craziest part of all this? I'm sitting here thinking, God, what would have happened if we didn't fire Phil fucking Jackson the moment he wanted to trade Christoph Porzingis three years ago? That's the moment that I'm going back to and thinking about today. Um, because at least Phil had the respect of Dolan. And even though that had disaster written all over it, because Phil didn't know how to be an executive and Phil... Phil didn't know how to separate himself from coaching the team. I mean, I'm not saying Phil Jackson was the answer, but he had authority and he had full reign to do what he thought was best. And you know what? The moment he was fired, the thing that he was about to do probably would have been for the best looking back now. Um, But he didn't get a chance to do that because again, people told Dolan, wait, no, you got to step in. You know better than this guy. And we all approved of it because none of us wanted Porzingis traded. But that's why running a basketball team is something left to professionals. I don't know who that guy is that's going to come in here and take those reins. Um, And and that Dolan is going to let take those reins. You know, the alternative is for me to go in here, go on here and just shout, you know, sell the team and, and, and have that be the thing. Listen, Dolan's not going to sell the team until he wants to. And he's not going to listen to me or you or 18,000 chanting fans at Madison Square Garden and tell him to sell the team. He doesn't give a shit. That's not his M.O. So in lieu of that, I'm starting to think about, well, okay, what's it going to take? Will will a Will a Sam Hinkie come in here and get that level of respect? I mean, Masai Ujiri is a pipe dream. Um, I don't know how much you'd have to pay him to even get him to look at this job. 
despite the fact that there's a lot of good stuff here on this roster and with the picks and the, the salary cap space and all of that because you're coming in here and you're risking Dolan looking at what you do and saying, you know what, I don't trust you anymore. Um, make me happy. And that's how you end up with a roster built around Julius fucking Randall. All right. I've been talking for 23 minutes. My uh, my wife has tried to call me twice, um, which which I have not um, picked up the phone for. Uh, I trust that she will understand. She she knows these are these are dire times. Um, to all of you uh, Nick fans out there, let, let me let me say this. Despite the fact that, uh, and this is the last thing I'm going to say. It, it seems this seems like it's a whole lot of negative and and I, and I get that. Um, it's never as bad as it seems. And I tweeted out something earlier today and I believe it because all it's going to take is, you know, even if the next coach of this team, whoever it may be. And as of my last check on my phone, we still don't know. And by the way, what a, what a clown show. Um, and this is the other thing, what a clown show it is to, to let Fizz go, you know, guide the practice today and, and then answer questions from the media and then fire him. It's like that, you know, and again, if I had to bet on it, would I bet that that was somehow related to, to something about Dolan? Like, don't fire him until I sit down with you guys and talk to you about it. Like, who the fuck knows? Um, I sent out a tweet earlier today in which, you know, I said, all it's going to take is for one executive, one executive to come in here and say, you know what, I could win one, two, four, five championships with some other organization. But if I go in and if I build a winner in New York under James Dolan, fuck. I mean, he could, that person would be able to wave around his dong on the ticker tape parade um, for all of New York to see. He could streak up and down Fifth Avenue. It wouldn't matter. They'd, they'd be a statue of him outside of, of City Hall, um, you know, underwear or no. It wouldn't matter. I mean, Jesus, that person would be christened a saint in this city for all of eternity. So... You know, do I think that there is someone out there who would want to take on such a challenge? Yeah, I don't know who that person is, but probably will. And the, and the the crazy part of it is they're not that far away from from making this a competitive roster because there's talent here. There's young talent here, and some of the guys they signed are actually good. Um, you know, it just it doesn't fit. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. And uh, God, f- talk about famous last words. It can't get any worse, right? Um, I don't know. I don't know if if it can or it can. I don't. I don't think it can. But yeah, listen, you never know. It's the next. All right, um, I'm off. I'm gonna go feed my daughter some dinner if I could wake her up. Um, God, why don't they? Why don't they teach? By the way, grandparents how to keep your kid up so they're they're not up all night you know, with an inopportune nap time. I wish. And look, here's my daughter. She just got my lips to God's ears. My daughter just got up. Okay. So that's good news. I'm going to go feed my daughter some dinner and, um, I'll be back with you all. We, this is going to be a, my God, this is a first ever, this is going to be a three pod weekend. 
Um, I got JB tomorrow, and then uh, Jeremy and his spot on Sunday. So we got a lot, a lot of Knicks content. We're gonna be coming, coming at you, coming um, to you with. Um, but um, keep hope alive, Knicks fans. Um, like I said, it's never as bad as it seems. I love you all in solidarity, and I'll talk to you soon. Good evening.